This is Orange Overtime, and we are back for episode 16. I'm Tyler Schiff, joined with Adam Campos, and man, are we happy to be recording this episode. Syracuse has now strung together back-to-back-to-back wins, and the Cuse is loose. On this episode, we'll recap the Orange's huge win against Louisville before previewing their Tuesday showdown against Boston College. As always, follow us on all our socials at Orange Overtime and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Adam, talk us through about, you know, how we got here and what we should expect tomorrow. All right, before I start, how long did that take you to come up with the cues is loose? Not long at all. Not long? Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I guess I'll give that one to you. <laughs> no, 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 funny. no. In, 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 in all honesty, I heard it um, on a show a couple of days back. Okay. Yeah. That was a good one. I like that. Yeah. Anyways, this this is a completely freaking different team than what we have seen the first, what, first 20 games of the season? Yeah. Completely different, dude. Completely different squad. I mean, the last three games, I mean, the last three games, they've scored... On average, 91 points. Crazy. That's crazy. They've 20 pieced or more two of the last three opponents. Mm-hmm. And not easy. Op- I mean, Wake Forest is a good... Wake Forest is a solid team. Louisville is a solid team. Mm-hmm. Even though they're even though Louisville is kind of on a down year. Louisville is yeah, Louisville. Yeah. So anytime you get a win against a program like that, that's solid. Yeah. And then again, grinding out a win at NC State, even though both of them have two of the worst defenses in the ACC, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the country. Yeah. Still. I mean, these are three great wins that are wins that we haven't seen them get all year long. For sure. Like, yeah, you could talk about the wins against Cole or not Cole, not even Colgate, um, Brown, Cornell, and stuff like that. That's what they should have done. But they're doing these to these eight to ACC opponents, and they're just playing in a way that meshes together so well all the parts that they have that. Collecti- collectively, that I think we have been all waiting for all season long. And I mean, for them to, they're also shooting 50% or better the last three games overall and from three point range. So, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of crazy how all of a sudden after that turnaround and the fact that they're still undefeated when playing at home with students in the crowd, I don't know if that's what it was, that that's all they needed after that Wake Force win or what. It's just. It's just kind of crazy to me how all of a sudden that Wake Forest win kind of just flipped a switch for them. Yeah, so I think that this is the cues that we were, you know, looking forward to seeing at the start of the season. This was a team that shot the ball so well over the last three games, like you said. This is a team that blew other teams out through just overall offensive brilliance. Um, And yeah, that Louisville game where, you know, you put in your deep bench with like five minutes to go. And you end up winning that game 92 to 69 against, you know, a team that, you know, has the number one Juco prospect in the country from last year in L. Ellis. Has, you know, highly touted high school five star prospects coming into that Cardinal team every year. Um, That's just a great win against a very, very stellar program. And that's exactly what you want to see. And, um, yeah, so you talked about. Of you know the Syracuse in the games past in the two games past where they won back to back games, but now if we look forward to their next four games, they have BC on Tuesday, they have um, uh, a Georgia Tech matchup 
and then they have BC again before facing Virginia Tech. And so those are, you know, four very, very winnable games. Um, and so, you know, like we expect Syracuse to now put up a season high of seven straight wins. And that's in, that's insane to me. That's looking at how the Syracuse play, uh, team has played thus far, I would have never thought that that would ever be a possibility. But now, you know, we're looking to go way above 500. And I don't believe I'm getting carried away, honestly. If Syracuse plays the way they have these last three games, um, sky's the limit, really. Sky's the limit on an offensive side. And because sky's the limit on that offensive side, I just don't think that any team in the ACC can put up 90 on the board like Syracuse can. That's a good point that you make at the end right there. Because I was going to say, okay... I don't know if I want to jump ahead to them winning seven games in a row. Yeah. Um, or even eight because they got Notre Dame. Yeah. They got so Boston like, College, Virginia Tech, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame. But I Notre, mean, Notre Dame, Dame is good. such. It, it, I know, but it's such a winnable game. It's just so winnable. All of their games are winnable uh, throughout the season. All of their their games have been winnable. I mean, obviously against like powerhouses like like Duke or um, I know they have UNC yeah. coming up later down the road, but you know. You're right. The majority of their games have been very winnable, and they put themselves in positions to win. And they have. That, but, that, I mean, we saw it against Villanova. That, right. That I will say, I will and go Miami. back to that game. Yeah. And Miami. I, as much as I want to be on that train of, like, yes, they, they could damn near win out this season, obviously, with the exception of Duke and maybe Miami. And, or, and Miami. Yeah. I, I, I think I, the best way I would take it, if I were a fan, is just to take it one game at a time. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like I think I think that um, I, I still stand by the fact that I don't think I'm getting carried away, but you're right. Like there's no real evidence to show like why we could go the rest of the season undefeated. Like if like they can keep this play. Obviously, if they keep this play up. But then again, we're 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 making this we're making the statement that they can win all the way up until Notre Dame because they're playing very lackluster competition. They, and that is true. This is this is probably the weakest competition stretch of competition that they'll play all season, all, all season, season. preseason in included. Uh, maybe not like the first four. No, games, no, 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 no. Yeah, but again, again, in ACC play at least, that will be like the weakest stretch throughout the regular season for them. Yeah. So it, it's not crazy to say. I'm just saying. I, I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun and be like. Just as I didn't want to jump the gun on them and say this season is completely in shambles. It's it's done. Yeah. yeah. Even though we were very close to that freaking point after that Pittsburgh game. Yeah. After that Pittsburgh game, and then they come back and they've just been playing the absolute best basketball of the season. Mm. I, I will still keep that confidence of them of the fact that it's like they just needed to flip that switch at the right time, and I. And it by you saying that they could win out until Duke probably yeah is a good way to say the fact that they might have just flipped that switch yeah that they needed because I mean can you imagine if they finished ACC play what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven oh ten and one ten and one if they which is so it's one, so so like it's 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 ah uh, what what's the word it's they're capable. They're capable. They're, they're so capable. They're absolutely capable. I don't. I don't know if ten and maybe like ten and maybe nine and two, maybe Even a loss at two. Duke and he, a loss. No, a loss home to Duke and a loss away to UNC. I believe. I would almost say a loss to Notre Dame. Really? You take so Syracuse's final four games of the season. They play Notre Dame. They play Duke. They play UNC and they play Miami. 
UNC just hasn't had that same mentality of UNC basketball over the last three years or so. I mean, I know even back then with Cole Anthony when he was in college, he was hurt, but still, that's that was a talented team that they had, and they just have not had that same winning recipe of you know North Carolina basketball. And I don't know. I think I, I I'm more concerned of how Notre Dame has played because they've kind of been like that sleeper team in the conference this year, just as Miami has. So okay, I, if I were to be realistic, I think they can finish eight and three. Oh, for sure. To finish ACC play. Because I would say a loss to Duke, a loss to Notre Dame, and a loss to Miami. If I'm being realistic. Okay, I would agree with that record. I would just swap. I would say, if anything, they lose the last three games, three straight. Which is, you know, not a great... And that's what I don't want to see. Oh, very true, yeah. You don't... you you uh, Yeah. Uh, And that's the thing. They they did almost beat Miami. I mean, they were up 14 on them. So they obviously know what they need to do. I mean, but when Miami puts up 58 and a half... There's nothing you can do. I mean, that one, that's bad defense. But at the same time, when they shot as good as they did that second half, that's tough to beat. Yeah. So, I I almost, nine and, I feel like eight and three would be appropriate. Nine and two. Mm. Ten and one, reach. Eleven and no. Big reach. No. Big reach. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even going to contemplate that. Um, but, hey, real quick, if we talk about Duke, I mean, shout out, shout out to Virginia tonight. Yeah, that I mean to bring Duke down off how they just did with yeah. that game winner from Beekman. Yeah, I mean Duke. Duke has been dropping some games this year that they should not have been dropping. I think I think that Duke. I saw this on a tweet recently that Duke um, has the highest ceiling of any game, any team in college basketball. Mm-hmm. But right now they're one of the only teams in college basketball that have like not even come close to reaching their. Their, their, and that's, their um, potential. And that's what's scary about that Duke team. Right? I mean... That, that is so uh, scary. That is very scary with Duke. So, I mean... Either way. All right, let, we'll bring it back to, to Syracuse. Yeah, Bowl. yeah. Let's, let's, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, I think we're just really excited for that Duke game also. I think we're just excited for the rest of the season. Like, March is coming up. February has passed so quick. We're almost 10 days deep into February. I can remember New Year's like it was just yesterday. I remember just getting here. Um, yeah, that's crazy. But we're already in our third week of school. And with that, um, you know, we've already seen a bunch of great games at the Dome. And uh, this Louisville game was, you know, uh, the, the new record. It broke Syracuse's past record just um, last week, like a week ago. Yeah, um, when Wake Forest came to town. But uh, with Louisville and their tip-off, their 2 p.m. Eastern time tip-off on Saturday, Syracuse shattered um, the the uh, attendance record in a college game this year. Um, and, it was you know, like 23,000 yeah, or something I think, like that. Yeah, something I mean, crazy like that. Shout out, no, shout out to the fans. Shout out to the students. I mean, yeah. we're all still coming out. 30, Support. it was 23,298. There we go. So, I mean, the fact that they've had such a lackluster season overall, and for us to still be supporting them, I mean, that's that's a huge part of it, yeah, too. Yeah, but hey, but hey, I think that part of the reason why the Dome was, you know, 66% of its full capacity on Saturday is because Qs are back to winning ways. Um, well, even before, I mean, but you got to think about it, too. Even before, Wake Forest, I mean, oh, they yeah. went on that stretch. And Wake yeah. Forest, we shattered the record. Yeah. And then we came back again with Louisville. So, I mean, I think to see the fact that this team is feeding off the energy like it is, I think it's going to be telling people 
like, yo, we got to keep going. Like we're never because, down and out. Yeah. Yeah. We're never going to be out of this until, until the fat lady sings and their season is officially over on their last loss. Then no, people got to come out as much as they can. I mean, that's the biggest thing you feed off of a home crowd energy and to take advantage of that. The fact that they've been winning their home, the last two home games by 20 plus. Yeah. I mean, that's just showing dangerous home court advantage for Syracuse. And if they're going to keep this play going, and that's one, another reason, too, why it almost seems like this thought of them going on this run to finish ACC play it not unrealistic to think about. Because, I mean, they finished, look, one, two, three, four, five, six of their last. So half of their last games are at home. So mm-hmm. they can get they can finish the season 6-0 and oh in that last stretch. And best believe home. the Dome will be packed for all of those. Exactly. Um, Duke yeah. will probably sell out. Oh, Duke's selling out. Duke, Duke is selling out. Duke is going to sell out. I you mean, know, just a mix. So, like, we talked about their uh, recent loss to Virginia. Just happened as we we're taping this. Um, so, now you're looking at Duke. That's still going to be ranked. Absolutely. So, it's a ranked team coming to town. It's mm-hmm. Duke. It's Coach K's last visit to the Dome. Mm-hmm. And with their loss to Virginia, it makes them a very vulnerable and beatable team. Absolutely. So, yes. That capacity, the capacity will be full. Capacity yeah. will be at its limit. Um, but yeah, I think besides Syracuse improving as a team, that comes with so many individual players oh, on yeah. that starting lineup that have oh, just yeah. made a leap. And it's a leap from their, you know, disappointing performances thus far in the season and going back to what's expected of them. And I say that with one name in mind, and you can probably guess who that is. Cole Swider. That. Starts with Cole Swider. Cole Swider. And Cole Swider's efficiency has been off the charts. Every time he shoots a three now, I expect it to hit bottom. He's just making him... He's just making it look so easy for him now. Yeah. He's not trying to put up some bull, bull he's, threes. Yeah. He's not just... trying to get himself going and forcing it when it's not no. there. He's taking what the game gives to him. And he's making the most of his opportunity. And what a lot of people are giving him right now is that inside mid-range shot. They're yep. le- they're si- they're sitting back, even though yeah he he is still having to open threes and everything. There he's able to get inside, use his length, and he's been loving that little turnaround fade shot the last few games. And it looks smooth when he's putting that up. It so looks I mean, smooth. he's getting he's getting to the rim. He's able to do a lot of what he wants to do. Again, he it just seems like now he's letting the game come to him, just like a lot of the players on Cuse's team are. I mean, again, when you have double-digit scoring from all five starters again, I mean, that's always great to see. But again, when you got Cole shooting it the way that he is, that just brings another element to this team that just shows how dangerous they can be on the offensive side. Definitely. And um, I think we talked about him using his size and shooting ability and how that mid-range turnaround jumper is perfect. Like that that pairing of athleticism and size with that type of shot is unbeatable when it comes to someone of Cole Swider's frame. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful basketball. Yeah. yeah. I He's, mean they yeah. they they're moving the ball. They're getting the they're getting the shots that they want. They're not really trying they're not it's not many moments of them having to, to scramble for a last minute shot at the or a last second shot at the shot clock. Or just scrambling to get some type of decent possession. Every possession that they're on offense, you yeah, you have a few mess ups here and there. That happens in games, but for the most part, they're having a majority more of great possessions than they were of having these messy one shot, one pass dribble possessions that we were seeing a lot of earlier in the season. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, everything just seemed to flow. Um, I'm looking at the shooting percentages right now because you mentioned that over the last three games, they shot higher than 50% in each of the last three games. Yeah. Um, so in the Louisville game, they shot 52.2% from three, and everyone shot, you know, just the numbers are just beautiful to look at. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Um, you know, Jesse Edwards again. Jesse Edwards had just, one foul. He had one with foul. With like five minutes left in the game. One foul, <laughs> 19 points, and eight rebounds. Look at that. Six defensive, two offensive. Like, dude is really doing it all. Dude is doing Oh my God, dude. Dude is doing it all. And, and I believe that one foul with five minutes to go was just, the game was put away, and he just wanted like a big block. So he swung down. Which, I mean... You might as well. It is a mistake. It yeah. is a mistake, but like, let's give it to him. Like, let's give him the benefit of that. Like, he wasn't gonna foul out anyway. The bench yeah. is gonna come in. He just wanted one big block, a statement block, to you know put the cherry on top. That, that would have been great if he yeah. did. But I mean, he fouled. Whatever. I mean, again, the fact that he didn't. Foul, I mean, just him not fouling. Has he fouled? Has he fouled out at any of the last three games? No. Exactly. No, he has not. That's another point in it too. You when you keep Jesse Edwards in the game, he's just clogging up that middle as best he can. And then you're getting Frank. I've I've been so happy with how Frank has been playing these last three games as well. He, him him coming in, he's actually coming in as a legitimate backup for Jesse now. It's not like when Jesse comes out, it's like damn, who's gonna man? The Hell ball? yes. It's more so like when Frank comes in, it's like all right, like let I'm I'm excited to see Frank. You're excited to see the bench come in. Yo, when Frank comes in. I know I'm getting a workhorse who's going to give me a couple offensive boards. He's going to get to the free throw line, which he hopefully, you know, knocks his shots down, which against Louisville, he missed only one free throw out of, he airballed it though. Out of four. He did. He did. He did airball, he did airball that. Um, uh, we're just going to gloss right over that, jump right over that. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're just getting someone who's – it just gives you hope for the rest of the game, waiting for Jesse to come in. Like, you aren't worried waiting – uh, for Jesse to get back to the scores table, but you're also just so excited for the years to come. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, yeah, th- he's like, he encapsulates the idea of, you know, an energy player coming off the bench. Like when Jesse needs a rest and you're putting in an undersized big that's, you know, also an underclassman, what do you need? You just need hustle. Exactly. You need and hustle to keep Syracuse in the game before, you know, your arguable MVP comes in. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, that's crazy, the fact that you can even say Jesse Edwards might be the MVP of this year. But um, but no, I mean, Frank, like I said, his energy, his motor, these last three games, I, again, all this stuff that we're saying is really what we expected from this team all season long. And I think if people really listened to like what we were saying since the beginning, instead of just jumping to the gun of the fact that this isn't a good team, blah, blah, blah. All the stuff that they're doing now is the stuff that me and you had been mentioning this entire yeah. season. Like this, like a, like a perfect Q's team would look how they did the last three games. Exactly. And yeah. this is what me and you were expecting from this team all season long. Mm. It's just, I mean, but we were kept saying too, it's just a matter of when they're going to click this. Because we saw flashes of it and now it's, it's actually, instead of flashes, it's turning into a complete show. Yeah. It's turning into the norm. Exactly. Which and is that, so great. And that is a norm that I love seeing this late in the season, even if they don't make the tournament. Yeah. Just yeah. to contemplate that idea, the fact that they don't make the tournament. If they do, wonderful. If they don't... Oh, my God. If they, oh, if my they, God. It just if they don't, 
I can I would be extremely happy with how they finished the season because they finished the season really competing in these games. They did. Like not letting it just turn into some shit show season of of being the worst record in Bayheim's era and everything. Yeah. They didn't let that get down to them, the fact that they're at the worst record so far through yeah. this many games. Yeah. Instead they're taking it and they're just tur- they're flipping that switch again and they're just going into a mode that they haven't hit all season or um, a step that they haven't hit all season long. And they're taking advantage of what people have been saying about them and using that as motivation. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it would suck if they don't make the tournament. If it they would. Don't, they don't. If they do, they do. Yeah. Either way, if they can finish the, how they're, if they can finish the season playing how they have been, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy. I a hundred percent agree. And with that being said, Syracuse are now 12 and 11, back above 500. You know, just a couple of games ago, they were two games below 500. And it's great to see how, you know, they turned that around completely. Syracuse, you know, sits seventh in the ACC. Um, and uh, yeah, I just see that number going up, in all honesty, as they rise closer and closer to hopefully the top five one day. Um, and yeah, time to preview who they face next Tuesday. Um, they, uh, go away, I believe, to Boston College. Boston. And, um, you know, I think like so many other games we've talked about, it's such a winnable game. Boston College are 10th in the ACC, I believe. Um, a really, really, you know, I would say disjointed team, um, very little bright spots in their season. They're ten and twelve, or nine and twelve. Sorry, on the season, and uh, they only have one real bright spot, and that's guard Makai Ashton Langford. He's been there for a while. He's a senior. Um, you know, staying at home as his hometown is in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, he's you know even his numbers aren't that impressive. Um, Again, this is one of those teams that you know really can't shoot the three, something that the zone will sure will surely you know force them to do, um, which no doubt will not end well for them. And um, yeah, I just seem I just I'm really looking forward to Syracuse playing you know their brand of basketball, continuing their stellar run of wins, um, having all five starters scoring again above double digits, having their um, key players, you know, play their play as their normal selves, um, and yeah, it just should be a lot of fun to watch. There really isn't there. There really isn't that much to look forward to this game in terms of watching. Obviously, if you're a Syracuse fan, there is because they're gonna win. We'll be tuning in. Um, it's yeah. just we really don't expect, like we expect a blowout, much like the Louisville game. Well, and it's like, well, even the Louisville game. I'm not gonna lie, like I. I thought it was going to be a better game, but this is not. This Louisville team was t- it was not good at all. Mm. They're not a good team, and but it's Louisville, so you're kind of surprised. When yeah, you they, see, when you see Boston College, it's like okay, yeah, okay, no. yeah. Why I would not be terrified of Boston College at all. I mean, yeah, yeah. Again, they're similar stats to Louisville. They shoot let they shoot worse from three point range than Louisville. And Louisville, we saw that the other day, freaking clanking. So Every bad. Three. I think they started off kind of hot in um, with L. Ellis, but other than that, no. No. I mean, yeah. Boston. Before the half of the first half was 
over it was you know the game was already pretty much wrapped up yeah so i mean just yeah boston college not much from in not from much from outside inside they're only shooting 41 or field goal overall they're only shooting 41 percent uh i mean that's decent but not the best either uh they yeah there's really not much to look forward to in this game. <laughs> Adam and I are, are scouring the web right I, now, I, scouring all these pages, ESPN, um, you know, I men's mean, basketball pages on the ACC, and we really can't find a singular stat or player who will, you know, end up uh, influencing the game no. so much to the point that Boston College pulls up an unbelievable upset. I mean, granted, they did beat Notre Dame early in the season. Mm. They beat Pittsburgh, which who we lost to. Mm. And but they lost to Louisville, lost to or they beat Clemson, they lost to Georgia Tech, mm. lost to North Carolina, and they lost to Utah. And Utah is one of the worst Pac-12 teams this year. <laughs> so that's not really something that just looking at their schedule that's really not yeah. none of their wins are really like standout wins to yeah them. this isn't this isn't a strong team they don't have a strong schedule and even then they don't have the wins to back up or you know create a case that they might win this game again the fact they're they're ACC wins they're an ACC team I guess give them that respect at least which I would which I will I mean they are an ACC team they're gonna they're going to get an ACC dub eventually. But, I mean, again, when you lose to Utah, that's that's terrible. Utah is 9-15 and 15 on the season and 2-12 and 12 in Pac-12 play. I mean, that's that's a pretty bad loss. But, um, you know, if you haven't gotten the idea yet, <laughs> Adam and I... They lost to Albany. Whoa, I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah, they you lost Albany, Albany. By a four. Um but yeah, if you if you guys haven't you know gotten the idea yet, Adam and I strongly believe that one team will take this one, and that is the Syracuse Orange. Um, there's really not much else to say. Yeah, I I like uh, we're thinking about we we already did that whole preview of what's to come, and uh, it sure is exciting to be honest. Um, get through Tuesday, and uh, I, is Virginia Tech next or Georgia Tech next? Virginia Tech. I want to see. Yes, Virginia Tech. So Virginia Tech is next. Um, two home games in a, or two away games in a again. Row. They were kind of a, a nitty gritty team last year, and especially in um, you know the early stages of March, I believe they lost in their first tournament game. Yeah, Tech was solid last year. Yeah, I don't Tech know what was. Happened. It was just a really experienced team. Um, you know, their big man uh, is their star player. His name's escaping me right now, but. He's kind of their go-to, yeah. but he doesn't have the pieces around him anymore. I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about, too. Um, and, you know, after that, you know, sounded like a broken record, but after that, it's Boston College again. Um, then it's Georgia Tech before they face what I believe is their first real test in... A good stretch of games, like yeah. six, seven games stretch. Yeah, so we'll have that uh, game circle, and hopefully by then, Syracuse can make that seven straight wins... And, you know, that will bump them up to, what? It all depends on 19 and 11. Yeah, it would put them on 19 and 11. So they would make a case for Yeah, I mean, hopefully we end up in that bubble area, that bubble space that we were in last year. Um, And, you know, the rest is history. Um, 
but really, it's just I, I think the best way to do this is just to let let it ride and let's let's have fun with it while they're winning. Just yep. keep this going. Yep, keep There's, it one game at a time. Don't look too forward in the future, but you know, but have you, an eye out for what's to come. Exactly. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, to leave it there so we don't keep repeating ourselves. That's all we got for this edition of Orange Overtime. Great episode. Yep. Great seeing Q's win. Yep. Again, make sure to share and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on our socials at Orange Overtime. Syracuse, four wins in a row. We'd love to see it. So let's get it done. As always, go Orange. Thank you for tuning in. And we will see y'all on the next episode.